Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Hey, 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 hey. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Ah, uh, yeah, y'all didn't say that good enough. What is up, church? Nobody's up. Nobody's up. We got to start over. We starting over. All right, here we go. On three. One, two, three. Good morning. How do you do that, Maddie? Good morning, teacher. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, it's, 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 it's too hot not to laugh. Amen. We got to have fun. We got to get tickled. We got to dance around and just. Like, wow, week number 10 of the book of Ephesians. Oh, that's how Jerry Clower used to do it. Y'all don't know Jerry Clower, you young people. We got kids, and they're like, who is Jerry Clower? If you're old, old. We're going to be talking about parents and children and children and the father and an earthly father, a heavenly father. But, you know, let's just to break the ice a little bit. I was thinking... Um, some stories from our childhood. Who, everybody's a child of, you know, got parents on earth. And, and, and some of you got siblings. I have a brother. And, um, and, and I didn't ask David if I could talk about our childhood. But man, David and I would get in trouble quite often. And, um, and, and, and we would kind of, if, if our punishment was um, I got to pick my brother's switch and my brother got to pick my switch. And my brother, being the older brother, would always say, if you get a really small switch for me, I will get a really small switch for you. And we would walk back in with these little twigs, and of course that didn't work, so we would end up getting in more trouble. But thinking about the things, how, I don't know, sometimes, you know, growing up and you're like, you're in there kind of laughing if, you're, if you're, your sibling's getting what for and getting disciplined and punished, but... But sometimes, if we're honest, it kind of hurt us when we knew that discipline was happening with our brothers and sisters. And, but that's the same in the church. You know, we're going to be talking about that a little bit of the day. We're going to be talking about how the, the, the children are to honor their mother and their father. And as I prayed through this, I'm like, four verses, four verses. Wow, I like to preach a lot of verses, God. I, I got some more. I had a whole book full of verses. But I'm telling you, it, 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 it got me to thinking about how do we as a church and how can we today experience what it looks like to have a relationship with our Father in Heaven and our Father in Heaven having a relationship with us so that it draws in us to having a relationship with our earthly parents. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes... In church, growing up in the, in the South, going to church, and sometimes you'd hear this passage spoken, they would just read it out. You kids need to honor your parents because they are worthy of it. Well, maybe they're not. <laughs> but God's Word says over and over, you know, you're talking about Deuteronomy. We'll read a little bit of that today. It's talking about honor your parents because it is good in the sight of the Lord. But I said, man, it's got to be deeper than that, God. Because if I'm trying to honor my earthly mom and dad out of my works and out of this, it, it's kind of back to the law, right? But if I'm honoring my mother and my father here on earth because of the love that my father in heaven has given me, 
And then all of a sudden, it's not works, it is honoring God. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and we're going to talk about what happens as that takes place. One of the things that, um, I think I even heard it from, from y'all's dad, Don, is that the, just the passage out of Deuteronomy 6, 5, and 9, and as if we would read through that, I want you to listen to the words from the Lord to Israel. Now, just know that this is right before Israel was going to go into the promised land and get all of these riches and all of this land and buildings that other people built they were going to be able to take. They had all this stuff given to them. But God was kind of giving them a precursor warning on what they were about to see. Can I pray? Let's let the Spirit come down. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for letting me. I'm just so humbled and honored that you let me stand here today and, and, and just speak your words. Father, rip my heart open to take away anything that's not from you right now. Take away any agendas in my mind. Take away any um, precursors that I think should happen. Lord, not let it be my opinion, but let it be your word, Lord. Let it be your sovereign word. Let it be your Holy Spirit speaking to us, drawing us in closer to you, Father, so that we may be able to draw people that don't know you into this family. We love you, Father, and we thank you. We ask the Holy Spirit to be let loose in here today in each and every heart that we would be able to live in victory, knowing that we now, because of the blood of your son Jesus, are overcomers. We love you, Father, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the words here from the Lord, as I told you what was happening, and this is something that was said here, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Talking about the love of the Lord. That with our children here on earth, with, with our friends, that it's a constant, it's a constant thing that's being talked about. How much God loves us. How we're to love our God with all of our heart and all of our mind. And we're to love others. This was the theme that, that God was saying to the Israelites to say, look, you're going to go into an area that's going to captivate you. You're going to see things that you've never seen. You're going to have the ability to acquire things that you've never had. Do not let that water down what is truly important. And I said, wow, that's kind of where we're at today. So much stuff, so many things. Is God the center of all of our conversations? So this leads me to a question. Do our children today, and maybe you're the child, or maybe you have children, but do our children today know who we belong to? Do we know who we belong to? And has it been instilled in us who our Lord is? You know, not out of, and unfortunately, just a little bit of a side note, just some of my personal experiences, it may not be yours, and, and, and this is definitely not in the message, but I do want to say this, because if you're not careful and you grow up in a, 
in, a, in, a, in an area in a ram. And my parents weren't these parents, but the, the kind of view that I had of church growing up, speaking to the young ones, was a church that I had to be there. I had to check this box. I had to do this. I had to do, so I had to do all of these things right. And the second I did any of them wrong, I was too shamed to maybe go back into the body or the church because I felt like I wasn't worthy. Has anybody else ever felt that way? That was me, how, how I kind of felt in my younger years. And, and I ended up just going in down the dark path. But praise God, he's so patient and kind and gentle and shows so much grace that he knew that he would have me back just at the right moment. But has it been instilled to us who our Lord is? Listen as we now, we're going to read 1 through 4 and then we'll break it down quickly. This is Ephesians chapter 6, the last chapter of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4. That was my key. Boom, boom. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So verse 1, it says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. The right thing to do. Verse 2, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So listen to the promise in verse 3. Now I'm going through this very correct, very quickly because we're going to flip over to the book of Hebrews. And we're going to study in more in depth of what was happening in this just quick commandment right here. In verse 3, it says, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Man. And it just, here's what I jotted down. This begins with learning who your heavenly father is. Learning to honor and to love your heavenly father will then by default give us as children the ability to not only love and honor our mother and father here on earth, but to love and honor every created human being here on earth. It has to start with our identity in who created us and learning how to love and honor our Heavenly Father. It goes back to the thing where we can't just make it about husbands and wives. We've got to make it deeper than that. We've got to make it. Jesus was our betrothed groom. Now, now we're talking about in the Trinity that God the Father is the head. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last week we, we, we talked about Jesus more. This week we're going to talk about the Father more. Jesus will be more as our brother in heaven now. He is still God. He is still part of the Trinity. He is still equally as something that we would to revere and to respect. But God the Father is who we are needing to focus in on this passage and how we honor and respect the Father. And this begins with learning to honor our Father in heaven. And how are we going to honor him if we don't understand him and, 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 and learn and grow in who he is and what he wants from us? In verse 4 it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So, our jobs as parents. Can I first say this? I'm having a hard time preaching this because I feel like I did a really poor job in some of these avenues. 
And maybe that's you here today too. But I'm telling you, don't live in the past. Do not, you are no longer who you were before God got hold of you. You don't have to, to live in the past any longer. And, and, and understand that God is a gracious God and he's a loving God. And he gives us all these chances to say, hey, come back to me. So I'm not saying I was a terrible father, but I'm just saying I was a God-honoring father as well. I, I did not understand the mandates of keeping God on my heart, in my mind, and loving him with everything I have. And I'm learning, to, I'm learning that today, even today. And maybe you're today here saying, I just don't understand. I love That's okay. It's a walk. You're not at the finish line now. It's a walk. You're learning and growing as we learn and grow together. So, as, so I'm just asking y'all to understand that I am preaching to myself as I grow and understand even more what it means to be a father. And as it means to be a child to even my mom and dad here on earth today still. So our jobs as parents are to surrender and receive the discipline of our Father in heaven and to teach our children what this looks like. This is the only way that our children and our children's children will be able to truly honor their mother and father. As we, the parents, surrender to God's ways, our children can't be angry at us when they are being held to the same system, structures, and boundaries as we the parents are being held to. Did you hear what I just said? As that came to paper on me, I was like, oh, God, that's good. So no longer Paul has to make up all of these rules and all of these things and these structures that I want because I want them because I want to control my kids. I go to the scriptures and the words and I find out God's direction, God's plans, God's will, and I start putting them in play in my life. And out of my life, it comes into my kids' life and no longer can my kids be mad at me. If they got a problem, they can take it up with God. I just now freed up a bunch of parents in here. <laughs> It freed me up. No longer did I have to feel bad or angry or anything that I said. As long as it was in line with how God was calling me to raise up the children that he had entrusted with me or the children that had came into my life or the children that are in this church. And yes, I said it. If your children are this church and you're a member, a partner of this church, I pray for them. I will love them and I will rebuke them if they come around me, but not in a bad way. But in a sitting on the floor and putting them on my knee and saying, hey, what do you think about that decision? Or sitting on a riverbank and saying, hey, how do you think it's going to work out for you? Church is family. And it takes a village to raise a child. It doesn't take just the mom and the dad. In today's time, with the internet and all the things coming to our kids, it takes a family united together in Christ to raise our children. So we are all God's children. So what does his word say about us growing into a submissive, respectful relationship with him that shows honor to our parents and pours into our children? And then it, why is this sometimes so difficult? It is such a difficult thing to do sometimes. So let's take a look at the book of Hebrews. And we're going to get a little bit of clarity. So if you want, if you got your Bibles and you want to open with me, you can go to the book of Hebrews and go to chapter 12. Chapter 12, we're going to start with verse 4. I think we're going to go down to verse 13. It'll be really quick. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. 
Chapter 12, 4 and 5. It says, After all, you have not given your lives into your struggle against sin. After all, you have not yet given your lives into your struggle against sin. The word yet was very important, and I left it out the first time. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. See, it's this. Our, our love for sin and our inability to repent and confess and acknowledge the sin in our life creates this mentality of this individuality in me and I have this way that I want to be disobedient and, and, and if I don't have full obedience to my father in heaven how can I expect my children on earth to have full obedience to me it's hypocritical it's, it's got to start with my father in heaven that I learn that, that my sin nature has to come second to my creator our struggle against sin creates a lack of obedience. And God's discipline, oh, hear me when I say this, because I, I truly believe it, because the Word talks about it. But God's discipline for His children is the purest love that you will experience. And, and, and family, church, when you discipline your children and children that are in here that are hearing me, when your parents are disciplining you, that is the purest act of love that you will ever experience as a child. It's the hardest thing that a parent will ever do. It was so hard that the father sent his son Jesus to the cross because it was so tough. But it's the Beautiful act of love. Then in verse 6 it says, For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. So if you feel right now that the Lord is disciplining you, that is good news. It doesn't feel good. But here's what it shows. It shows that you are his child and that he loves you. He loves you so much that he refuses to let you stay in the places and who you are. Does it feel good? No. Can it sometimes be a little bit humbling or embarrassing? Yes. But it is so pure and it is so beautiful that our Father in heaven loves us so much that he will discipline his child. Listen to what it says here. As we go on down. In, in verse 7 it says, As you endure this divine discipline. Everybody say divine discipline. Divine. The only kind of divine vis discipline I ever got was that vine in the backyard that I cut. <laughs> you go back and you cut a little bit off that vine and I'm going to show you what discipline is. That was divine, but God is divine. I got divine. In my, I didn't get that, did you? That just come out. But I'm telling you, God's discipline is divine. It is holy. It is righteous. It is sanctifying. It is purifying. It is the blood of Jesus poured over us and the Spirit of God changing us from the inside out. It is a discipline that never stops. It is a discipline that goes 24-7 when we sleep, when we're awake. God's discipline 
is how he brings us into right relationship with him. So as you endure divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? Mm. I, I took this out of my notes, but I'm going to talk about it. It was Family Life Today was talking about a blog that was written that they were talking to a group of children who were deemed children who were just hard to handle, that they were in foster, or not foster, excuse me, um, where did they take the kids, not jail, but you're too young to go? Juvenile, yeah, the juvenile hall. And, and I'm telling you, I love those children because they're children that's got so much potential, they've just been maybe not understanding. Um, but, but they had did a, a survey with these kids, and, and one of the things that continued to come out with a lot of these um, children was that they felt like that their father did not care enough about them to even discipline them. And I was like, hmm, that's a weird, because I, don't know, I never would have thought of that. But that, that was the common thread that they kept on getting, discipline. Our, they just told us to get out in the streets. Discipline takes work, doesn't it? I thought that was just something to throw out there. God's discipline is called a divine discipline. Your Father in heaven is concerned enough with you that he will give discipline. The question is, how will you respond? If we're his children, and I don't think there's any perfect children sitting out here today. Some of you might feel like you are. I'm, you know, I'm 99.9% I'm perfect. You know, I'm joking. Um, when I'm sleeping, maybe. <laughs> but I'm telling you, embrace it when it comes because it's going to come. He's concerned enough with you that he will give discipline. But the question is, did you have, oh goodness gracious, you have a choice in how you respond. A choice. When we experience discipline, our earthly mother and fathers to our children, they're going to have a choice whether to turn back around and do correctly or go and continue down the path that they're in. When our heavenly father disciplines his children, all of us brothers and sisters, we get to have a choice in how we respond. And sometimes I can, I know that my Father in heaven is disciplining me or is he's disciplining somebody that I love a lot. And, and, and I'm that sibling that tries to go in and stop the father from disciplining the one. But father, they didn't mean it. Let me help them by doing this. Let me go ahead and give them this. Let me make sure I can. They won't do it again. I'll make sure that I protect them. And surely they'll just see how great your love is because I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this and this for them. And God, they won't mess it up no more. Or, or maybe it was in me in my life. And I'm like, I just keep on doing this and this and this and this for them. And God said, if you would please get out of the way of me, I will discipline my child. And this process will be much quicker. Can you relate? Hardest thing you ever do, watching somebody you love as a brother and sister in Christ go through discipline and not try to interfere. Hey, getting that little teeny switch. <laughs> if God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children. That's verse 8. At all. 
Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? Verse 9. Embrace God's discipline and live forever. Embracing his discipline is embracing his love. We just view discipline in, in the wrong set of eyes. We have tied discipline with shame. And we have, we have tied discipline to failure. I'm off, I'm off track a little bit right here, but this is something that's good. There's a really good quarterback, um, football coach in, in Alabama. What's that cat's, cat's name, somebody? Who's his name, Steve? Saban. Yeah, okay. I just a man, but, you know, he's good at creating disciplines, right? They will work over. I was reading something a couple years on him. They will take the offensive line, and they will just work over and over and over and over and over until they puke and keep on creating these disciplines. So all of a sudden, when the, the ball is snapped, they don't even think about what they're doing. They just do it. That's the same kind of discipline that God is working in through us, through the Holy Spirit. He is going to continue to push over and over these acts of kindness and gentleness and loving and self-control and all of the fruits of the Spirit. But sometimes when we just do it once on a Sunday because we see our friends and our brothers and sisters, it means that God needs us 24-7, that He's working us out for a work that is good for His pleasure. So just understand that discipline can be tough sometimes. So in verse 9 it says, Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of our Father who spirits and live forever? Embrace his discipline. It's love. Verse 10, we're about to finish up here. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. Did you hear that? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. Now, I'm telling you, moms and dads who think that they were coming in here to hear some ways on raising your children or raising your grandchildren or being raised yourself as children, is that this relationship with God through Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, will give you the ability to love and raise your children in a way that it takes the pressure off of you because it is God flowing through you. It is not anything that you're manufacturing. So no matter what kind of deal you got from your earthly father, you have a heavenly father that loves you and adores you. Somebody in here might need to hear that today. I don't care how much of a bum your earthly father was. What I can tell you with all of my might is that your heavenly father will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. He has the best, best, best plan for your life. So you can stop living in saying, but you just didn't know my parents. Let me just go ahead and let you know, everybody's got a crazy uncle, as Richard Gay would say. 
We all got stuff in our families. Stop blaming it on your family, the reason you won't take steps in growing and submitting and surrendering to the Spirit of God. It is not your family's fault. You've got to make a choice to live for God and let God transform your heart so that you can break generational curses. And that's the only way that it can happen. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Verse 11. During the pain of discipline, we, the church, can pray for, love, and encourage one another. But we should not interfere with the Father's work. See? See? God confirmed that one. Ding dong. I'm telling you right now. I like that. I got that thing in my pocket. Bing, bong. We've talked about that a little bit. We won't go back into it. But, it, but it's important that we, here's the deal. When, when people are going through discipline and, and their things are really hard, a hug, a prayer, I love you. Then you might have a person say, well, if you love me, why wouldn't you do this and get me out of this? And you can say, I'm not your father. I'm just your sibling. And I can't get in the way of the daddy's branch. Because I don't want those blisters on my legs. <laughs> I mean, it sounded all religious up to then, didn't Because <laughs> he's fixing to go off on your hip. He went off on mine last week. Y'all don't need to take my punishment. Notice the scripture says that we have to be trained to obey. That's what it says, that we have to be trained to obey. The results, although are wonderful, we get a peaceful harvest of right living. Through training lets us make better choices. Better choices then creates boundaries in God's will and way for our life. And that as a result of that comes peace and a harvest of peaceful living. That's the good news. So 12 and 13, so take new grip with your tired hands. Take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for, for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Has anybody ever been so tired or so scared or so anxiety-filled and maybe you're driving or or maybe something that you've gripped something so tired that you're so tightly that your knuckles turn white. You know, you're just so wanting to get it right, or you're so wanting to figure it out, or you're so mad or upset that things aren't going the way, and you're just gripping. And that's what this is talking about. So take a new grip with your tired hands. Let go and let God. Whatever you have hold of so tight right now that you've done got white knuckle grips on it, you have got to let it go. I have got to let it go to open my palm and to say, God, it's you. It's not me. I need you, God. And if we were to open our hands and say, God, do with me as you please, he will start a path. Our hands don't have to be tired. Our knees don't have to be weak. 
It says to mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Marking out a straight path. Is, man, um, Matthew, you and I were talking about that yesterday and just reading some scriptures and praying. It means that putting people in your life that God has sent into your life and saying, hey, would you help me pray for and focus in the spirit of God to marking out a path for the next one to two years of my life? Maybe it needs to start with the next week of your life. What does my days look like? How am, I, how am I becoming the child of God that he called me to be? How am I becoming the parent that God had called me to be to my children? How am I respecting and, and honoring and loving my siblings in the church so that the God has brought glory? And when you mark out a path with a man in a discipleship relationship, then we take the scriptures and we let the scriptures mark out the path and we pray for it. And if it doesn't work out, Matthew says, Paul, it didn't work out. I'd like, take it up with God. Amen? Because in discipleship relationships and working with one another, we disciple out of the scriptures. We don't disciple out of our opinions. That can lead us into groups. So as children of God, are you out of line with his plan and purpose for your life? Parents, are you learning and growing in this discipline? And have you marked out a straight path? And so remember, if, if we haven't marked out a path or if we don't know where we're going, we can know by the history of the scriptures that we are prone to wander. And that takes us right back to the Deuteronomy where they were giving them a precursor of a warning to say, you're about to go into a land that is going to look so wonderful and you're going to have all of these things that you're going to be prone to wander and lose the discipline that God has poured over you. So we have to make sure that we're not getting caught up in everything that shines and that we put our eyes on God so that we will not be prone to wander. So as followers of Christ, we're all brothers and sisters. If everybody in here has confessed that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're of the family. If you have not, that don't mean that, that you're any less. That means that you and God have just working some things out. But for everybody who has confessed that Jesus is their Lord... We are brothers and sisters. And again, if you're not and you'd like to find out how you could be a part of the family, I'd love for you to come and talk to me. So we have one father. And as we grow and learn to honor him and receive his discipline, we can experience the peace and the harmony that is offered through Jesus Christ. And that's the story of the love of our father to his children. And we as fathers and mothers to our children. And our children as mothers and fathers to their children. And you might be saying, well, I don't have no children. Look around. You'll find one in here. If you don't find them in here, they're somewhere out there. You can go volunteer to school. Read a book. But show the love of Christ. Come beside a parent who didn't know they were going to have children who all of a sudden doesn't have them. And teach these principles and disciplines to them. Everybody in this room has a role as parents to children, okay? Anybody else got any thoughts on that? Never mind, don't answer. <laughs> Let's pray together and we'll go into worship, okay? 
Father, we love you. We thank you for this time of family worship. We thank you for the family. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would be able to continue to guide, lead, and direct us. And, Lord God, we ask that um, you as our Father and we as your children would live a life that would honor you. And as we live a life that honors you, Father, may we pour into our children that they would be able to live a life that would honor you and, as a result, that would honor us. God, let's let it not be about us. Father, I pray right now that each and every heart in here would put you in the center of this equation to know that it starts and ends with you. We love you, Father. We thank you for just loving us. We thank you for when you discipline us. And we ask, God, that you would just continue to grow and love us and just move us forward. In Christ's name, amen.